Good morning. I heard a couple of you. Good morning. There we go. I'm glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We've got some more folks who are going to be coming in uh, over the next few minutes. We're excited to be here to worship with you this morning. To those of you who join us online, thank you for being with us as well today. Had some issues with our technology last week, and so we didn't, uh, we weren't able to live stream. So I'm glad we're able to do that this morning. I'm glad you uh, chose to click on and worship with us today. A um, couple things to let our folks uh, here in in the big room uh, know about. Some housekeeping things first off. I want to let everybody know that, that this uh, particular service is now mask optional. And so if you want to keep your mask on while you're with us, you're welcome to do that. But we're not going to require you to do that uh, during worship today. Also, uh, we will be taking communion today. And so we'll have some thoughts and a prayer uh, for our communion uh, when, we, when we celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for us. Uh, when that time comes, you should have a communion cup on the chair uh, where you sat down. And if you peel off the first lid... Uh, you get the wafer there and peel off the second lid and drink the juice, and then we'll help get those cups thrown away uh, after that. So why don't you be aware of how that's going to happen this morning as well. Um, we do have uh, child care available for all of our third grade and younger. And so if you've got kids that age and want, uh, uh, want to take them back to our kids area, we've got volunteers ready to uh, check them in and take them back uh, and let them have kids worship together. Uh, while you continue to worship in here with us, so you're, you're welcome at any time during worship, not just right now, but any time during worship to take advantage of that. And then also, if you got young ones with you and you're going to keep them with you the whole time, that's more than fine. Uh, but if you want some activity bags, we have those out in our lobby as well. That's got some activities for, uh, you know, keep the kids' attention while they're in here while you're continuing to worship with us. So I want you to take advantage of that. That's something you need as well. So I want to share all those things with you before we start with our worship this morning. Thank you again for being here. It's Father's Day. Uh, in case you didn't know, today is Father's Day. So, uh, kids, in case nobody told you, today is Father's Day. You might want to at least acknowledge it uh, to your dad when you see him at some point today. Um, and it's one of those unique days for us. And we, we talk about this with the Flagstone family probably every year. And I want to mention it again about just the uniqueness of Father's Day. Because it can either cause us to remember how wonderful our dads were. Or for some of us, it causes us to be mindful of maybe how bitter a relationship that was. Or how non-existent that relationship was because some of us had a we had a great dad uh and and or, or even a stepdad and, and growing up in our homes we felt loved we felt taken care of we had a great relationship with him um he he sacrificed for us he loved us and so when father's day rolls around it's not that hard to celebrate that and to enjoy it because we're honoring this person that we feel like honoring that we feel this love and this connection uh with and then for some of us maybe it, it wasn't that great of a situation. Maybe we didn't have a good dad growing up. And maybe it was a, maybe it was a stepdad and we just never got that close. Maybe it was an abusive dad and it was very hurtful to be in that connection, that relationship. Maybe some of us, I, I would imagine uh, several of us in this room or online, never really even had a dad. He just never was even there. And so when, when Father's Day rolls around, it's just, it's, it's painful. It's difficult because we don't feel like honoring this person that either we never really had a good connection with or never had a healthy one with or never had a relationship with. And then for some of us, some of us have lost our dads, maybe recently, uh, maybe years ago. And so Father's Day rolls around, that just makes it a little bit more painful because that person that we cared about and that we knew cared for us, they're not here anymore. And we, and we have a hard time dealing with those emotions of you know, not having that dad here anymore uh, to honor, to be thankful for. So we got a lot of different a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different emotions that many of us are dealing with this morning. And we want to we acknowledge that, 
And I want to help you as best we can to kind of process through that. But we do want to recognize today that it is Father's Day. And that God calls us to give honor. And not necessarily even if it was... Um, even if it was choices and behavior that we wouldn't necessarily approve of. It's not, it's not excusing those things. It's just recognizing there's this person that God put in my life and he functioned as a father and I want to honor him for that. Even if that might be a little bit difficult to do. Or I'm going to honor him because I just love him that much. And let's, let's be willing to do that this morning. We want to be thankful for our dads. We want to honor them. And so the Flagstone, on behalf of the Flagstone family this morning, dads, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for doing the job that you do. We want to thank you for all the ways that you bless your families. We want to thank you for sacrificing and for spending time and for doing the best job you could, maybe even in spite of what you felt like were shortcomings. Thank you, dads, for being dads. To all of our stepdads and foster dads, thank you for stepping up. Thank you for stepping into a role that maybe you weren't even prepared for, uh, that, that maybe you didn't even expect to be in. And yet you stepped in anyway, and you've done the best job you could, and we thank you for that. We want to thank all of our, all the men of this church family who maybe don't have kids of their own, at least not yet. But you pour, your, you pour something yourself, you pour your life into some kids, maybe from volunteering or maybe just serving as a role model, maybe as an uncle. And, and we want to thank you for that. We want to thank you for, for letting God use you to be a positive influence um, in kids' lives. Thank you for functioning in that way. But above all, we just want to thank our dads today. We're going we're gonna to spend time in a minute worshiping our Heavenly Father. And today is going to be about singing praises to Him. We're not, we're not worshiping our dads. We're not praising them. We're just being thankful for them. We're thanking you dads for being dads and doing the best that you could and continuing to do the best that you can. But we also want to be mindful that God put you in our lives and we want to be we want to recognize that, about, uh, recognize that about him as well. So what we're going to do just for the next couple minutes, we're going to watch a quick video that, that we want to use to honor and thank our dads. And then we'll have a prayer together. And then we'll begin worshiping our God together and continue through the rest of, uh, to continue through the rest of our worship. So happy Father's Day, Flagstone family.
Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you uh, for today. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you. We thank you for the opportunity to spend time in your word. And, and we ask, God, that, that uh, your presence is already beginning to fill this place as we get ready to worship you together. But Father, especially today, we just want to say thank you. We want to thank you, God, for, for the men that we call dad. We, we want to thank you for putting these, these men in our lives, um, for using them to bless us, for using them to sacrifice for us, for using them to show, to show us what you look like. And we pray that, that, uh, that we can see that today that we can see that in our fathers. God, we acknowledge that some of us didn't have the greatest dads in the world. And we may have had even hurtful or even non-existent relationships with, with our fathers. And, and God, I pray for, for people like that who are going to be struggling today. It's going to be a little bit bitter and a little bit painful to go through a day like today. And I pray for peace and comfort for them and for a, an awareness of you um, as their loving father. For those of, a, of, of our church family and those of our friends who have lost their dads, God, we pray for peace and comfort and good memories uh, for them today. And God, most of all, we just, we just want to lift our dads up, the ones that are with us, the ones that may be out of town and not here with us this morning. We want, we want our dads to feel honored. May they, may they feel loved by their families. May they feel appreciated by their families. May they feel lifted up today. And God, we, we just pray that you help all of our dads continue to be the kind of men that you are shaping them into and to want to be the best that they can be for their families. My God, we, as we get ready to worship you, as we get ready to sing and to, to spend time focusing on the cross and spend time in your word, God, may we recognize that you are, you are the best father. You are the greatest father. You are, you are the most wonderful father we could ever ask for. And we acknowledge that and we, we love you for that. And may we see... May we see that in you today as we sing songs about you as our father, as we, as we have scriptures that remind us of, of, being your of being your children, of how loved we are. May we recognize, God, how precious we are to you. May we recognize how good a father you are. We turn this worship over to you. We ask for your spirit to fill us as we worship you. We ask for, for everything that we do today to bring honor and glory to you. And pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Flagstone. Hey, let's everybody on your feet. Let us worship the Father, worship the Father, worship the Father of glory. Let us worship the Father, worship the Father, worship the Father of love. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. And we Your praise to the Father, praise to the Father, praise to the Father of glory. Sing your praise to the Father, praise to the Father, praise to the Father of love. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. Lift your hands to the Father, hands to the Father, hands. Father of glory, lift your hands to the Father, hands to the Father, hands to the Father of love, and we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord, and we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord, and we will glorify, we will glorify 
Hallelujah, praise Jehovah, from the heavens praise his name. Praise Jehovah in the highest, all his angels praise proclaim. All his souls together praise him, sun, moon, and stars on high. Praise him, O ye heavens, and he floods above the sky. Let them pray, praise his gift, Jehovah, for his name alone is high. And his glory, his glory is exalted. Oh. 
Morning, everybody. Uh, just want to reiterate, reiterate what Marshall said. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there, especially my dad. He's here today, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so in this series that we're going over, it's the greatest of all time. And uh, today, Marshall's going to be talking about the greatest father of all time. And I can't think of anyone greater than God, our father. Uh, he gave his son to die on the cross for our sins. Uh, because of him, we're able to be in heaven. And he's given up so much for us. And just the ability to be able to speak and talk to him and talk about him and proclaim his name. It's just so great. Uh, so at this time, I want, uh, want to pray and let us all remember about this great sacrifice that we've been given. So let's pray. God, thank you for this day and thank you for all the many blessings that you've given. Thank you for your son who died on the cross for our sins. Thank you for the body and the blood uh, and just what they represent and what they mean to us, God. Uh, thank you so much for just everything that you've done for us, big and small, because everything you do is great. Everything you do is amazing. Uh, so, God, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you've done. And it's in your son's name we pray. Okay, let's stand for the song before the sermon. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. And it's higher than the mountains that I face. And it's stronger than the power of the and it's constant in the trial and the change. This one thing 
It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. It is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day once again uh, to all our dads out there. And it is also time for us to talk more about the GOAT, the greatest of all time. We, talk, we started talking about this a couple weeks ago and started talking about you know, all the different uh, discussions and debates and, and arguments you know, that we have about who's the greatest in what particular category. Uh, and, and there's arguments going on right now. Who's the, you know, because there's you know, the college baseball World Series going on. There's the NBA uh, basketball playoffs going on. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest player? Who's the greatest team? And is, who's great right now, but who's the greatest of all time? And I was watching yesterday a little bit of the, of the um, Olympic trials with all the, you know, the track, people running track, running sprints and hurdles. And, you know, you start thinking about, well, who's the greatest of all time when it comes to, you know, Olympic runners? And, of course, my mind goes back to when I was a kid watching Carl Lewis and watching all the, the races that he won, and I know, you know, people maybe more nowadays like Usain Bolt, fastest man alive, he's the greatest of all time. Maybe so, I don't know, we could have debates and discussions about that, friendly ones, but, you know, we could have discussions about who's the greatest. We talked last week on, on our social media about what the greatest candy bar of all time is, and there are a lot of different opinions. Um, so we got, you know, a, a lot of different things that, that, that we're thinking about with being the greatest of all time. Last week, you know, here on Sunday morning, we talked about the greatest southpaw, the greatest uh, left-hander of all time. Uh, the week before that, we talked about the greatest fire starter of all time. So we got a lot of different categories that we're thinking about when it comes to this series that we're going through. And today, we're going to kind of do, you know, Father's Day edition and think about who is the greatest father of all time. Who's the number one dad? 
I mean, we got the, you know, the guys that wear the t-shirts, you know, world's greatest dad. They got the coffee mugs, number one dad. Who, who deserves that the most? Who's the greatest? Now, some of you uh, may be thinking to yourselves, well, you know, it's, it's, it's my dad. He's the greatest of all time. And that's, I hope that you feel that way, or at least that you tell him that to his face, even if that's not totally, you know, how you feel. Um, I don't know. There may be some guys either online or maybe sitting here right now going, I'm the greatest of all time. I am the greatest dad of all time. They better recognize that. I don't know. Let's, let's not get into that this morning. But um, it's, a, it's a debate that we could have. So I thought, well, let's, let's kind of narrow the category down a little bit. Who's the greatest TV dad of all time? Who's the greatest father on television that we've had, you know, in, in all of our years? Now, obviously, one vote uh, could be cast towards Andy Taylor from the Andy Griffith Show. What a great dad. Single dad, raised Opie in, you know, the greatest way possible while being a town sheriff all at the same time. I mean, that's pretty good right there. Or maybe some of you guys remember um, Howard Cunningham. Anybody watch Happy Days? You remember Howard Cunningham? What a good dad, right? I mean, Richie, you know, always got fatherly advice. Even the Fonz went to Mr. C to get, you know, advice for, for his life. Uh, I, I, maybe, maybe some of you are more familiar with Tim the Toolman Taylor. You know, good dad, had those three boys that he's trying to keep in check and trying to raise the best that he can. Or uh, maybe even more recently, some of y'all would think of Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. You know, he's... He, I'm seeing head shaking no. Okay, well, he's, he's doing the best that he can with the, with the life that he's got. Okay, well, what about that? What, I mean, been a dad on TV for like 40 years now, and that's Homer Simpson. I mean, lots of different life experience, you know, unique way of teaching his kids and, and doing fatherhood, I think. I'm seeing even more head shaking no on that one. Okay, so we're not voting for Homer Simpson. Well, let's go to real life examples then. Who, who in real life, who's like, a, you know, maybe a, a famous dad? I mean, I, one that comes to my mind is Archie Manning. Do you all know who Archie Manning is? Archie Manning was a great football player for the uh, University of, of Mississippi, Ole Miss. And then he produced three amazing athletes, uh, two of whom are, well, let's see, one is now in the Hall of Fame, one's going to be, you know, NFL quarterbacks, Eli and Peyton. And, and Archie did a great job raising those boys, not just as good athletes, but as good people. And he seems to be a pretty good dad in the process. Have you ever, um, you know, seen some documentaries on him and, and information about him? Okay, so let's steer away from athletes. I know a lot of people are impressed with the job that Prince William is doing as a dad. I mean, he's the king, or I guess going to be, the king of, of England. He's going to be the king of the country. But he's also devoting a lot of time and effort and energy to raising his, his kids. And he had a mom that even with all of her, um, you know, the, being the, in the social spotlight for so long and still spent a lot of time trying to raise her boys the best she could and it seems like Prince William is is trying to do that with all his responsibilities as well well maybe maybe William Jackson smart maybe he's the greatest dad of all time and you're thinking to yourselves who is William Jackson smart well you can look him up on the Google but I'll just tell you about him um he's actually from Arkansas he's a native of Arkansas uh, was born in the 1800s, actually fought in the Battle of Pea Ridge, and ended up after the Civil War settling kind of in the Fort Smith area as a farmer and a, and a coal miner, and made some money and moved his family to um, Spokane, Washington, and ended up living there the rest of his days. Now, what's significant about William Jackson Smart is that uh, he had, I think, 14 kids, either 14 or 15 kids, from two marriages. And in both marriages, 
his wife died died early, I guess. I'm not for sure how old the kids were when she died. Like he had six or seven kids with, with his first wife, and then she died, and he was a single dad for several years. And trying to provide for his family, and trying to be a farmer, and trying to, to put food on the table while at the same time functioning as their mom as well, it was difficult for him. And some years later, he married another woman, and they had several more kids. And then she died, and he became single dad again. And did the best job that he could raising that group of kids, that batch of kids, uh, the best that he could. And the reason that I bring him up to you this morning is because at least one of his kids, maybe all of them, but at least for sure one of his kids thought he was the greatest dad of all time because she started petitioning the Washington State Legislature in the late 1800s to start creating a yearly holiday called Father's Day and to start pushing for that because she was so impressed with the kind of role that her dad played in her life and her family's life in being both provider and, you know, being both dad and mom for her family. And she kept pushing for that, and, and Washington, you know, started doing that. And then other states uh, came along. She kept going, and, and on towards the end of her life, she was still pushing for a national holiday for, for the United States called Father's Day. So that all of us together as a community, as a nation, could take at least one day, at least a few minutes one day, each year, to be thankful for our dads. And so, I don't know if you would consider William Jackson Smart to be the greatest dad of all time. I know his, his family, or at least his daughter did. And we could debate that. We could debate who's the greatest, who's the goat, who's the best, who's number one. And that's what, again, we're focusing on this morning. And we could even, we could even narrow it down, you know, I talked about TV dads and then, you know, kind of real life dads. But let's look at some other real life dads that we see from Scripture. I mean, if you open your Bibles and, and see, uh, there's a whole bunch of different fathers talked about in the Bible. And we look at different ones of them and go, okay, well, maybe that guy, he's, he's high up there. I mean, you take Abraham, for example. Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation. He's the ancestor, the one where it all started. That seems like a pretty good you know, pretty good criteria there. I mean, his, his first name, Abram, means exalted father. When his name is changed to Abraham, that, that word in Hebrew uh, means father of many or father of nations, and that's what he did. He became the father of many nations, or I guess the Jewish nation for sure, father of many peoples. And it seems like Abraham was a pretty good guy. I mean, he, he had uh, his son Isaac and, and raised him the best he could. And Isaac continued to, uh, you know, follow God and continued in his father's footsteps after him. So it seems like Abraham ranked pretty high up there. Except for the fact that he also had an illegitimate son because he had sex with his wife's maid and uh, got her pregnant. And that son, um, when he was a teenager, Abraham kicked him and his mom out. And as far as we know, never had any contact with him again. So maybe not the greatest father of all time. What about David? I mean, David is kind of one of those guys in Scripture that you kind of look at like one of the greatest just people of all time. I mean, the Bible itself says he's a man after God's own heart. That he's pursuing with everything about him, pursuing to be like God. That the words come out of his mouth, the actions that he takes, he's trying to be like God in everything that he does. And he had kids. I mean, he had you know, a bunch of kids. I mean, surely David was a good dad. Look how godly he was. Look at it. Read through the Psalms. He has all these, he pours out all these prayers to God and praises to God. And, I mean, he's an amazing guy, an amazing warrior, an amazing king, an amazing, amazing dad, maybe. Maybe the greatest father of all time. His son, Solomon, 
the wisest man that ever lived. He even said, some of the wisdom that, I, that I'm sharing with you here in the book of Proverbs actually came from my dad. So David gets some pretty high votes, right? Greatest father of all time. Except he also had uh, a son who raped his stepsister, and he didn't do anything about it. And he had another son who killed that son, and he didn't really do anything about that. And then that same son ended up um, taking over the country by force, and David had to run for his life. So that, that's not a very good connection there. And he had another son later on that tried to take the throne by force, even though he wasn't supposed to become king. And then, you know, this son, his son Solomon is so wise, ended up having a 1,000 women, 700 wives and 300 girlfriends, uh, and ended up walking away. I don't know. I'm not saying it was a good thing. I'm just telling you what happened. And he ended up walking away from his faith later on in life. So did David have some good qualities? Yeah, greatest dad of all time? Yeah. I got it. Joseph. Joseph, the father of Jesus, right? I mean, I know, I know Jesus is the son of God, but he, he came to this earth and, and was born through Mary, but, but Joseph functioned as David's dad here on earth. I mean, what kind of job would that be? What a, what a great dad. Joseph didn't, wasn't even planning on being a dad. And to have, to have faith to believe that, this, that his pregnant fiance was actually producing the son of God, and, and to sign up for the job and go, okay, I'll do that. I'll raise him the best I can. I'll protect him. I'll keep him safe until he goes and does whatever it is that he's called to do. And he's a hard worker and he's a provider and he's a protector for his family. I mean, Joseph, that's a pretty good dad. Except for that one time when Jesus was about 12 years old. And Joseph went for an entire, uh, basically about a week, not knowing where he was. He lost him. He lost the son of God. That's not good. We go on. Pick a dad in scripture. I, I can find probably some flaws with all of them. And the point that, that I'm trying to make is that, I mean, even just the three guys that I mentioned, and just about every father that you find in scripture, and even the fathers that you find nowadays, I mean, they have flaws. They make mistakes. They're far from perfect. And you can look at either, any of these three guys, Abraham or David or Joseph, and any one of them, you can say, well, I mean, he could be the goat. He could be the greatest father of all time. Except for these, except for these flaws. Except for these mistakes. Except for these moments where he just, man, it wasn't, just wasn't the right thing to do. And that, that's what drives us as dads crazy. Can I confess that to you as a dad? We have these moments, we have these life events, we have these instances where we get it right. We, we do the right thing. We take the right action. We make the right decision for our families. We say the right thing in the right moment. And there's, and, and there's times later when nobody else around, we're like, where did that come from? I don't even know. But we did it right. And we feel good about that. And we feel like, I earned the t-shirt. I, I deserve the coffee mug. I, I deserve the little trophy that says number one dad. I did it. I did good. And then, not too long after, sometimes even minutes later, we just fail. We mess up. We make a mistake. And we, we say the wrong thing. We make the wrong choice. We don't make the right decision. We lose our temper. Whatever it is, we stumble, we fall. 
And we look at ourselves and we think, man, there's no way that I'm the greatest father of all time, especially not right now. And we, and we convince ourselves that our family probably feel the same. And it's this constant struggle that, that we deal with as dads. And so with, with all of our dads here this morning, for those of you watching online, I, I want to give us some encouragement this morning. And I, I will warn you ahead of time, most of what I'm going to talk about today, I'm talking to dads. And I don't want you to use that as an excuse to go, oh, well, then I can turn this off. Because there's, there's stuff that I think we can all learn from, from what we're going to be sharing together today. But I want to encourage our dads this morning with something. And, and maybe, maybe it can be something that you can encourage a dad who's not here uh, with later on. Because there's a truth that I want all of our dads to believe. I want all of our dads to know today, and that's this. That my family doesn't need me to be the greatest father of all time. My family doesn't need me to be the goat. What my family needs is for me to be the best father that I can be in this moment. I want to read it again. I want you, if you want, you can write it down. Get your phones out. Take a picture of it. Because dads, I want, you, I want you to dwell on this. I want you to chew on this this morning. And for all of us, if you know a dad that just struggles sometimes with the job they're doing as a dad, let this be a source of encouragement for them. My family doesn't need me to be the greatest father of all time. My family needs me to be the best father that I can be in this moment. See, a lot of, a lot of dads struggle with worry and with fear and with feelings of just inadequacy. We have this picture in our minds of what, of what a good dad looks like, what kind of dad we're supposed to be, and, and what we're supposed to be accomplishing as fathers. And we want to be the goat. We want to be the greatest. We want to be the number one dad. But so often we just don't feel that way. We fail. We, we fall. We make mistakes. And some of those are just colossal failures. Sometimes we struggle because we... We blame the other gender for doing this, but we do it just as often. We compare. We compare ourselves to other people. We compare ourselves to other dads. We look at other families and say, look at them over there. They're, he's such a much better dad than I am. They have such a much better family than we do. They have so much more things going on than we do. Why can't I be a dad like that? We struggle with that. Sometimes it, we just we we struggle because we just we feel completely unprepared for the job. Maybe we weren't even ready to be a dad when we ended up being one. Maybe maybe we didn't have good fatherhood model for us. We grew up in a home where there wasn't a good dad, so we don't even know what that's supposed to look like. We don't, it's it's not that we don't want it to be a good dad. We don't know how. We've never seen it modeled for us before, and so we're we're trying to figure it out, and yet we fail all the time. Dads, I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay if you fail. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if you fall and need to get up again. Because our families don't need us to be the greatest father of all time. Our families need us to be the best dads that we can be right now, in this moment, with the tools that we have with the experience and the wisdom that we have right now. And hopefully to improve from there. A couple summers ago, we were replacing the 
um, the storage shed in our backyard. We had this old wooden storage shed that um, we were tearing down, and uh, my friend Brian let me borrow an electric saw to take it apart. I asked his advice, said, How do I, what's the best way to go about this? And uh, he said, man, just get a saw and just start cutting it into pieces. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're getting rid of it, so it doesn't matter what it looks like. Just start sawing it to pieces. And, and he let me borrow a trailer to take all this, all this wood and all this lumber out from my backyard through the gate out to the front yard to this trailer, which is great. And he gave me a saw and he gave me some saw blades. What I didn't realize, and this is going to sound like I'm, I'm blaming him, and I'm not. What I didn't realize um, was that those blades weren't all that sharp that he let me borrow. I didn't know that ahead of time. And so I start, I start sawing different pieces of this wooden building in my backyard. And, man, it is taking forever. I mean, I'm kind of going through it with the blades, and nothing seems to be cutting. And then sometimes I'm, I'm, holding, I'm pushing with a saw as hard as I can, and it's just that blade's just not going anywhere. And there's smoke coming out, and there's black patches. I'm like, I'm starting a fire. And it's like, well, that'll get rid of the building. And, you know, I'm sawing as hard as I can. And it's just not, it took me forever. It took me all day. What I thought was going to take a few hours was taking me all day to get this thing cut apart into pieces and taken out to the front yard. And I even got to where uh, most of it was disassembled and, and carried out, and I've just got the floor of this thing. And so I'm bending down, i got the saw, and I'm, and I'm sawing, and now it's at the point where it's just not even cutting. It's not even getting through the two-by-fours and stuff, you know. Uh, and I'm just so frustrated, and my, my arms are cramping, and I'm tired. And my wife, Christy, says, well, would you like for me to run to the store and get some new blades? And I was like, if you want to, that's fine, you know. So she comes back literally 10 minutes later, put a new blade in, just go right through the thing, man. Just sawed it up in no time. Now, I share that with you this morning because I was working. I was trying. I was doing the best I could with the tools that I had in that moment. And it was, it was cutting, but it was a lot of effort. It wasn't going as easy as I thought it would. And there were some struggles, and some of it wasn't working at all. And once I got better tools, the job got accomplished a whole lot easier. Dads, that's, that's fatherhood. We do the best job that we can. We, do the, we play the best role that we can as fathers with the tools that we have. But we got to get better. And when we learn more, we gain some more wisdom, we surround ourselves with some other dads who, who can impart some wisdom to us. When we spend time in Scripture, when we spend time in prayer and talking with God about some of the things we're struggling with, it sharpens us. It makes us better dads. And when we, when we sharpen our tools, when we add more tools to the tool belt, the job of fatherhood becomes a whole lot easier. I'm not saying we'll be perfect at it. We'll be better. So give me a few minutes this morning, a few more minutes of your attention. I want to talk about some tools that dads can add to their tool belt. Some things that will make it better, that, that will help us be better fathers for our families. What do our families need? What tools do they need from us? What do we need to be putting on display for them and, and, and working through to make our families better? First thing I can think of is we need dads who will protect their families. And, and part of that is just physical protection. Provide a provide protection for them, trying to keep them from physical harm, but it's also emotional uh, protection as well. We need, we need dads who, who try to protect their kids and their families from negative influences, from people who try to draw them uh, to doing things that they shouldn't be doing. We need dads who, who protect 
their kids images of themselves, who protect their kids from, from buying into the lies that they're not as valuable as somebody else or that their value comes from somewhere else besides our loving God. We need dads who will protect their families by giving them advice, by, by trying to protect them from, from making decisions that will be hurtful. Maybe because we've been through some of those things ourselves, or maybe just because we can see the danger coming down the road. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 11, rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. Solomon says if I see someone heading in the wrong direction, and it's going to end up being hurtful for them. I, if I see it coming, I need to be the one to intervene. I need to be the one to step forward and do something about that. I need to try to protect them. Now, when I was preparing this this morning, I didn't realize this, but my sister's here today. And she, I don't know if she'll remember this story, but I'm going to share this story with you. Um, when I was about five years old, uh, I did a dumb thing. And one thing that I realized, I probably should have realized as a kid, but I realized it more as a parent, is kids just do dumb things. And a lot of times there's no reason for it. It's just something pops in their head and they're just going to do dumb things. Now, kids who are listening, don't worry. Adults do dumb things too. It doesn't go away as into adulthood. But kids do really dumb things for no reason sometimes. When I was five years old, I'm in my driveway playing. The sun is about to go down. It's, it's getting kind of dark. The sun wasn't completely down yet. And I had this thought in my head. I wonder how far I can lay out in the street with a car coming by and the car not hit me. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, there's, I'm sure psychologists could investigate all the reasons why. I have no idea. It just a thought popped in my head. And I thought, I want to try this. And here's the genius that I am. I didn't even lay with my feet out in the street. I went head first. And so I got my feet in the driveway, and I'm laying out in the street. And I'm watching. There's a car coming. And it's got lights on because it's getting dark. And we had a bunch of trees in our neighborhood. And it's coming down the street. And I'm laying there, and I'm watching. I mean, I can still picture this in my mind. I'm watching this car getting closer. I'm thinking, man, that car's getting really close. And then all of a sudden, you know, it swerves and honks around this small child that's laying out in the street. And, you know, drove on. I remember sitting up going, man, that was close. <laughs> and my sister was in the driveway. And she said, I'm telling. Ah! And she ran inside and told on me. And in the conversation with my dad, and I'm paraphrasing basically him saying, that was a dumb thing to do. Yes, sir, it was. And, and he, he had that need in that moment. He wanted to protect me. That was, that was, you were heading into a dangerous situation. And I want to protect you from that. That's what our families need. Not just keeping our kids from running out into traffic. We need fathers who see potential problems for our kids down the road and want to try to protect them from it. Recognize we can't protect them from everything. But if we see it coming, to do what we can to protect them and keep them safe. We need dads like that. We need dads who will provide for their families. Provide a safe place to live. Uh, provide a, a safe place to feel loved and feel accepted. To provide food and clothing and, and all the necessities. To, to work hard to provide for our families. We need dads who will do that. And it's an odd thing in our culture nowadays to see dads who aren't stepping up and doing that. And that should be something that should almost come naturally. And it's definitely something that, that I think our dads need to aspire to. I want to be able to provide for my family. But it's not just about physical provision. We need to provide time for our families. We need to provide time for our kids. We need to provide connection and attention and focus. We need to provide relationship for our kids. 
Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 27, Solomon says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. We have families who deserve, who need to be provided for, to be taken care of. And we need dads who are willing to step up and do that. To, to put some things off to the side for a minute so we can have a connection with our kids. To sacrifice some things maybe that they want to do because their family needs something else. Because we have the opportunity to. We see the need that our family has and we step up and we, we fill that need. We need dads who provide for their families. This, this next tool might seem a little odd, but I think it's something that's, that may be missing from a lot of our dads, a lot of our families, and we need it. We need dads who are willing to apologize. We need dads who are willing to, to acknowledge when they've messed up. Because dads, we're going to make mistakes. We've made mistakes, right? Some of you are nodding your heads. Those of you who aren't, we'll talk later. Dads make mistakes. We don't always get it right. And we, we say the wrong thing. We overreact. We, we speak when we should listen. We take actions when we should be still and watch sometimes. And when those times come, when we do something that, that it's the wrong decisions, the wrong words, it's the wrong action to take, what do we do in those moments? I mean, some of us have been told or, or just convinced by whatever resource that, that even, if, even if I mess up as a dad, don't ever acknowledge it. Well, I'm just, I'm just the dad. I didn't do anything wrong. That's just the way it is. Or even if we choose to acknowledge it, Okay, I messed up on that. Suck it up and deal with it. I'm the father. And maybe we would never articulate those things, but that's, that's what we do with our families. We pretend there's no wrongdoing on our part, or we, or we assume that it's not that big a deal, or we just challenge our family to deal with our mistakes. Fathers, we need to be willing to apologize. My family needs me to be humble enough and vulnerable enough to acknowledge my mistakes and to commit to doing better. They need to see me model that humility for them so they'll be people who'll be willing to acknowledge their mistakes as well. James says in James chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can be healed. Confess your 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 mess-ups, confess your mistakes, acknowledge them, apologize for them, promise to do better. And what's, what's the promise that comes from James? If I will acknowledge those things, if I will confess those things to you, and you forgive me, what happens? Healing. Whatever the problem is between the two of us, whatever caused a rift, we can bring that back together. If I be humble enough and vulnerable enough to say, my bad, it was my fault. And I'll tell you right now, it doesn't matter if your kid is 3 or 30 or 63. We need dads who are willing to say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm going to do better. That's going to heal a lot of families if we'll do that. We need dads who are willing to pray. We need dads who pray for their families and pray for them consistently. To pray for their kids' hearts, to pray for their choices, to pray for the friends they have now and the friends that are going to have years from now. To pray for their future spouses, to pray for their souls. We need dads who believe in the power of prayer and believe that stuff actually happens when we pray. That God actually moves to answer when we pray. 
In Ephesians chapter 6, some of you will remember uh, us going through, a few weeks ago, going through our fight series and talking about the fight that we have against Satan as, as children of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul lists out some of the armor that we can wear, some of the ways that we can defend ourselves against Satan's attacks. And he, talked, he, he used you know, armor terminology like swords and helmets and breastplates and all that kind of stuff, but he talked about faith and about, about truth and righteousness and protecting ourselves with those things and using those things as weapons against Satan. But then at the end of that whole list of all this description of armor, he kind of gives us our secret weapon. He doesn't, he doesn't apply this to a particular piece of armor. He just says, here's, here's a weapon you have in your arsenal. It's in chapter, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Be constantly in conversation with God about what? About everything. Specifically your family. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids. Pray for the things that are influencing them. If I believe that Satan really wants to attack my family, that he really wants to, to hurt us and, and to, to bring pain to us, then one of the things that I can do consistently for my family is to pray for him and ask God to protect and to intervene. We need dads who will pray for their family. We need dads, we need dads to love their families. Not just mumbling the words, I love you, because somebody mumbled it to us. And not just going through the motions and trying to make everybody in the house happy, but actually, actually love our families, to, to sacrificially love them, to be willing to give up something of ourselves so that we can be a blessing for them. The Apostle Paul describes love. He kind of defines it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In verses 4 through 7, he gives this long description of what love looks like and what love really is. And I just I wanted to see, I wanted, is, this isn't the whole list, but I wanted you to see some of the things that Paul says. This is what love looks like. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning verse 4, it says, Love is patient, love is kind, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Now, whether you're looking at this screen or whether you're looking at your Bibles or your Bible apps, go through that, especially dads, look through that list right now. Does that describe you? How patient are you? You ever rude to your family? You ever become easily angered with your kids? You ever keep record of wrongs? Hold on to grudges? Bring up stuff from the past? How much have you persevered through for your family? How much do you trust your spouse? How much do you have hope for your kids that, that they're going to grow into good functioning adults? Because that's what love looks like. That's what love does. This is what fathers need to do for their families. We need fathers in our families and in, in our communities right now who, who do this on a regular basis. Now, I may not be able to give my family the biggest house or the nicest car or the newest gadget or the most amazing vacation, at least maybe not right now with whatever my financial status is or my social status is, but I can always give them love. 
that never has to run out. And I can keep growing in those things. I can give them compassion. I can give them acceptance. I can give them patience. Because that's what my family really, truly needs from me. They need a father who's willing to love. Last tool. We need dads who are willing to grow. My family needs me to keep growing in these areas that I talked about. My family needs me to keep adding tools to my toolbox. To not get lazy, to not get satisfied and go, ah, that's good enough. I may not be the greatest father of all time, but I'm, I'm, I'm the okayest. To not be satisfied with that. I want to be the best dad that I can be in this moment. These are the tools that I have. And maybe I didn't have many tools walking into this parenthood thing. Maybe I didn't have a good dad. Maybe I, maybe I made some decisions. I've, I've got some things I'm struggling with that are keeping me from being maybe as, as good a dad as I hope to be. But I'm going to be the best dad I can be right now. But I'm not going to be satisfied with that. I want to keep getting better. I want to keep growing. I want to keep improving. I want to keep being the best that I can be for my family. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he gives him this whole list of things that he wants for Timothy and actions that he wants him to take and attitudes to have and just, just a whole list of different things that he wants for Timothy. But in verse 15 of 1 Timothy chapter 4, after he's gone through the list, he says, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. I love the fact that Paul says, you got to practice this. It takes effort, Timothy, to do the things that I'm asking you to do. And you're not going to get it right all the time. You're going to have to practice at it. Folks, dads, we got to practice. we got to practice with these tools that we've been given. we got to work on it. You can't be satisfied and go, okay, well, good enough. No, 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 let's keep practicing. Let's keep working on it. Let's keep building. Let's keep growing. Immerse yourself into them. I'm going to pour myself into being the best dad that I can be for my family right now. And tomorrow, I'm going to make the same commitment. And the next day, and the next day. I don't want to stop growing. I don't want to get satisfied. I'll see progress. I'll see growth. And you know what? My family will too. So going back to the list. Protect, provide, apologize, pray, love. Let me ask you, dads, which one of those tools is missing from your tool belt? Which one of those things that we just talked about is missing right now? Maybe it's not missing. Which one needs to be sharper? Which one do we need to work on a little bit? Grow a little bit more in? so that I can be the best dad that I can be for my family right now where we are in life. My family doesn't need me to be the greatest father of all time. My family needs me to be the best father that I can be in this moment and to want to get better. I hope that helps, dads. You're doing good. Let's just work on doing better. Let's get better together. Families, help our dads do that. Help us grow. Help us get better. Help us step forward, move forward to be the best that we can for you. We'll wrap up in, in 
just a second. I, I, I want to go back to the original question. Who's the greatest father of all time? And, you know, as I was, as I was putting together thoughts this week for what I was going to share with you today, I, it, it just seemed, it seemed almost routine and cliche to say, well, God's the greatest father of all time. And I kind of assumed there would be people, you know, that would, that would walk in this morning, you know, recognize we're talking about the greatest father of all time. Well, are you going to talk about God our father? And, you know, I could probably get up there and, and say it even better than he could. And he probably could. So I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit this morning. I hope I've done that for you. But you know what? My thoughts just kept coming back to, man, he is the greatest father of all time. He really is. And the, and. That may sound like what I'm supposed to say because it's Sunday morning and we're at church. I really believe it. That my God is the greatest father of all time. And, and let me explain to you one of the reasons why I believe that so strongly. There are times with the three boys that I've raised that they've, you know, uh, been on a, an athletic field. Or they've gotten some you know, award at school or something, you know, they've kind of been off in the distance. you got the other parents, you know, looking and, and getting the phones out to take the pictures and do all that kind of stuff. And, and there's, the, there's, there's those moments where your kid does something and, and you're like, oh, man, that, that one's mine. That one's mine. And there are sometimes... When your kid does something, you're like, oh, that one's mine. He's just like his father. Here's the thing about my God. My God never hangs his head in shame or disappointment in me. If I have believed the story of Jesus to be true, and I have confessed him as the Lord of my life. And I have repented of my sins. And I have put him on in baptism. My God looks at me and says, that one's mine. And he says it with pride. And even in the times when I fall. And even in the times when I fail colossally. And even in the times when I do things that I'm embarrassed of. And hope nobody ever finds out about. And even when I say I'm never going to do those things again. And I do them the very next day. My God still looks at me and says, that one's mine. I love him. What an amazing father. That's the greatest father of all time. And I hope that you know him that way too. And if you don't, we're going to pray. We're going to sing a song. We're going to wrap up our worship. Come find me as soon as we're done. Because I'd love to tell you about him. I'll be right out here in the lobby. You can come find me and we'll talk. We'll set up a time this week for you to know. And maybe you've known him as your father that way before. And you just walked away from that relationship. Folks, of, of everything that I want to make sure you leave here with today, I want you to know how loved you are by our God. John says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. 
of all the labels that I wear that I try to take pride in, of all the labels that other people stick on me that I'm embarrassed of, there's one label that I should take pride in above all other things and never doubt to be true, and that is I'm a child of God and I'm dearly loved by the king of the universe. And that's awesome. And if you don't know that to be true in your own life, I want that to change today. He is the greatest father of all time. And I want it to be yours as well. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to worship, to praise you, to, to lift you up, to feel your presence in this place. God, again, we pray for all of our dads who are doing the best that they can. And we pray that you continue to bless them with, with strength, with encouragement, with wisdom, with resources, with patience with forgiveness for other people and forgiveness for themselves and trying to be the kind of dads that you're shaping them into. Just trying to be the kind of dads their families need for them to be. Enable them, God. Empower them to do that. And God, I pray right now for anyone who is listening, either online or in this room, who is, who is in this moment with us right now that doesn't realize or has forgotten what it's like to be loved by you that they would feel you wrapping your arms around them right now, calling them by name and saying, I'm still here, I still love you. Thank you, God, for your love and your compassion and your grace. We praise you for it. We need it. We're so grateful for it. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand. I've heard a thousand stories You are perfect in all other ways.
say you do. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. I was thinking in my seat, is it really Father's Day at Flagstone if we don't see a good, good father and you have Mark Holderbaum on base? I don't think so. So I'm glad that we were able to do it. Uh, a couple of things as we are closing uh, today. Uh, yesterday, our nation observed uh, Juneteenth, a uh, moment where we got to celebrate uh, and look to the past. Uh, Latasha Morrison uh, said it great, so I want to say her words. Juneteenth commemorates the day that the last of the enslaved African Americans learned that they were free. Confederate soldiers surrendered in April 1865, but word didn't reach the last enslaved black people until June 19th, whenever Union soldiers arrived in Galveston, Texas, with the news of freedom, two and a half years after signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. In light of Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday, we celebrate the recognition of this day while also acknowledging the need for meaningful action to achieve racial equality and real justice for all. I encourage you, if you have not looked into Juneteenth as we observe and celebrate, man, what a, a sobering holiday for us to continue to think about and mull about and realize that we can continue to do better as well. A couple more announcements continue here. Y'all got it all here for us. Daryl Baker, Daryl, Daryl Baker's uh, mother passed away yesterday morning. Daryl and Marla will be heading back to Ohio for funeral services, so please look at our Flagstone Friends and Family page for more information about that. Also, the Hampshires, Cody and Daisy uh, had a new baby girl, Margot Elise, born Friday morning. She arrived almost two months early. Margot and Daisy are doing good, but Morgan or Margot will be in the NICU for a little while longer to get her strength up. We're, we're celebrating and praying for that. I received a thank you card from Paul and Kathy Dugan for the financial help that Flagstone provided to help get their son Dustin moved from uh, to the treatment center that he is in in Houston and also for the prayers of words of encouragement once uh, they've received from our church family. Let's continue to lift them up in prayer as well. Uh, Debbie Herring's stepfather passed away uh, not too long ago, and we're remembering them uh, in prayer and their whole family in prayer as well. And a little bit of a lighter note. Uh, Flagstone is moving to one service starting July 4th here in just a couple of weeks, which is super, super cool. Uh, we're excited. I know that Morgan and I are for just having a little bit more time with the teenagers and uh, childcare and all of that good stuff. But July 4th, lots of things to celebrate on July 4th. Uh, and indeed, we too are going to celebrate. We're going to have a big picnic and lunch afterwards. Uh, and this is something I think is really cool that Flagstone is doing. Wear your July 4th gear. I mean, we can, we can come to church and, and be all looking looking good and looking fly, suit and tie, all that good stuff. July 4th, let's bring out the, the shirts, the, the, the giant eagle sprawling on an American flag. I promise you, that's the shirt that I'm going to wear on July 4th, and you can quote me on that. Uh, but bring out, bring out the, the goods, red, white, and blue, everything. We're going to have an awesome time for the picnic afterwards and enjoy all of that. Uh, Mim, I love, I love worshiping with each and every single one of y'all. I love being with you guys and, and receiving encouragement 
And if you're here with, uh, as, as a guest, if you're here as a visitor, I hope that you feel that, and I hope that we can continue to, to lean in and press in on that closeness. Uh, I'm going to close with a prayer. We'll have a short video and one more song. Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we look to you, that we can see a father unlike any other father. That God, as we as we look to the fathers in this room and the fathers that we we all know personally, that God, we can see you in those people. We can see your goodness. And we can see your love, and we can see the need to apologize, and we can we can see the need to equip all those tools, Father. But man. These fathers are, are, are shadows compared to you. And as, as we try and do our best, as we try and lead our families in love, God, let us depend on you. Let us depend on your ultimate goodness and your ultimate sacrifice and the liberating power of who you are. God, we're grateful for what you do for us every day and what your son did for us on the cross. God, let that be in our minds this week. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You're a dad. You have to play a lot of roles. Hey, hey, hey! Don't eat that! Don't tap on the brake! Load it. All right. Oh, you're good. Take, take a left. Turn left. Turn left. Turn left. When a man loves a woman, he... Honey! All righty, sweetie. This time I want you to concentrate and focus on the ball. You got this. steps in and stops everybody before they start throwing the rocks and he says let he who's without sin throw the first stone you do all of this knowing that one day you will get fired because we all get fired but by the grace of god you might get hired back to be a consultant hey sweetie what's up all right let's everyone stand how many, of you, how many of you dads have done most of those? <laughs> I said in the last service, and happy Father's Day, David. Um, I know David has taken Christy's door off of her room when she was a young girl, so uh, I've not done that, but so I'm 100% when I add him to that. So Hear the holy roar of God resound. Hear the holy roar of God resound.
He's the life our Lord baptized will speak. No final word, our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. Let God